Welcome to the Mean Green Money podcast. We're UNT's Student Money Management Center, and we're a podcast that explores everything you need to know to be financially successful in college and beyond. My name is Juliana, and today I have one of our peer mentors joining us today, Austin. Hey, how's it going? And for today's podcast, we're going to be focusing on scams. So I asked Austin to join me to create a conversation and dialogue amongst this topic that is taboo to many but affects most people around the world. So ready to start? Yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. So I have some basic questions, and then I'll expand on both of them after you answer. But I want to just get your opinion on these topics like beforehand. So my first question is, what do you know about scams? And then if you don't really know anything about scams, have you had any? Um, I've never personally fallen victim to a scam. I know some people that have. However, I mean, we've all got those scam-likely calls. I've answered a few of them just to kind of see what they were talking about or trying to sell me. I had one guy that was trying to sell me, uh, I think it was tires or something like that. Just something weird and random that they always just try to sell you just to get your information. Well, actually, 60% of those are actually scams. Mm-hmm. So just so you know, you are right. And then um, my second question is, do you know anything about the fire Festival? I know a little bit about it. Know most of what was kind of covered in the media. I, don't, I never really glanced at it because it didn't really involve me. But. That's actually pretty great. Okay, so um, according to the BBC News, um, that's where I got most of my research from. So scams cost individual like organizations and governments like trillions of dollars each year in estimated losses. And also according to the BBC scams, um, crimes that affect most people from all ages. It's like the most, most popular crime that affects people from most ages mm-hmm. in the backgrounds and geographic locations. So it's one of the most popular yep. ones, actually. And at my, in my opinion, I would consider the fire, the fire Festival one of the biggest scams that happened recently just because there was so much social media that kind of went around it and there was so much publicity that happened because of it mm-hmm. and people affected by it as well. And also... It's mainly a scam just because, like, it was very well advertised. I don't know if you ever saw this, but um, they had, they were genius in the way that they kind of planned everything out, honestly. Their creative team was just one of its own. They had these little tiles that everyone posted. It was, like, these orange, like, squares, Mm -hmm. and everyone just posted about it. There was no logo, no anything. It was just those orange, and people just saw them on all social media. So it was just, like, it brought up curiosity of just, like, what's this, what's going on? And models were paid $200,000 just to post that Instagram post, one picture of just, like, an orange square. And that was their marketing tactic. And it was was honestly genius because, like, no one knew what was going on. Everyone wanted to know. But um, models that helped advertise it were like Bella Hadid, um, Kendall Jenner, Haley Baldwin, and they were all flown out basically to this, they were flown out to this private island and they were like saying you can party with celebrities and just have the time of your life, like a music festival in essence, like one of its own. But the basically the logistics behind it were that it was really just a way to promote an app. Fire was going to be like an app. So it's going to be like a booking system so you can like book high-end artists. So if you want like Beyonce mm-hmm. at your wedding, you can just book her right then and there. And it's just like you don't have to go through like all the agencies or anything anymore. Like you pick the day and then they communicate with you instead one-on-one. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was a pretty cool idea, kind of like booking like the Uber. Yeah. But for like celebrities. So just transitioning it. So that's what they were marketing as, like, what's the next best Uber? Can you imagine getting an Uber and Jay-Z rolling up? Mm-hmm. That too. That too. That too. But yeah, it was basically, like, also marketed to, like, you can party with celebrities, and everyone's going to be there. But you also were going to pay a huge dollar. Like, people paid for tickets, like, over 40 grand easily, just because they were paid for, like, different suites, amenities, 
like houses with their friends and so that's one of the main things that I thought was just crazy people paid so much money for this because they were promised a lot of things they were promised this island hideaway basically a private island yeah. you were going to be flown out by a jet like this luxury luxury festival and then what ended up happening is they didn't even plan the weather correctly no they, it rained the day before, so all the mattresses were soaked outside. It was just a mess. And then, like, the food catering system, like, they didn't plan that out well either. Like, the plumbing, like... I heard that you need to, Yeah, I heard that you need to, like, for these festivals, plan at least, like, 12 months ahead. They had, like, six weeks. Like, six to eight Dang. weeks, yeah. But what happened happened. We all know what happened. But um, everyone kind of says that fire was just basically like a high-profile festival that didn't work out. Really didn't work out. But um, so, do, have you heard of this guy named Billy McFarland or no? No, I haven't. So he is the one who basically like came up with the idea of fire. Okay. And he had this like charisma that like just basically like promised people like, yeah, I'm gonna pay you back. Like, think of this crazy idea. It's gonna work out. It's genius. Everyone trusted him. Everyone trusted him. And he worked with his other artist. I don't know if you've heard of him either. His name's J. Rule. Yeah. Okay, well, they basically, they were a duo, and they collabed, and they promoted it, and they're in all of the marketing and advertisement. Billy McFarlane is currently serving a six-year jail term. A six-year? Sentence, yeah. But okay. people, for fraud, but people think he deserves more. That's something else, it's another conversation, but um, it kind of brings you to another topic of, like, Woodstock. So you've heard of Woodstock? Yeah. Yes? Yeah, everybody's heard of yes? Woodstock, of course. Okay. Well, um, everyone kind of, in my opinion, has like a positive connotation of Woodstock. Would you have one as well? I think it depends on how you look at Woodstock. Mm -hmm. If you look at what was, what was like promised for Woodstock versus what was delivered, mm -hmm. then I would say no. But again, this is the 60s versus now where if we don't get our way, then it's, or if we don't get what we're promised, then it's the whole deal. Back then, it wasn't that big of a deal. They showed up and they got the, all the artists and everything they wanted. Was it the conditions that they thought it was going to be? No. They were out in some guy's backyard. That is true. Woodstock wasn't apparently even in Woodstock, which is another similarity to, like, the fire Festival. Like, they were promised this private island, but in reality it was, like, this Photoshop island in the Caribbean mm -hmm. that they just basically Photoshopped the other part of the island to make it seem like it was private. Yeah. So, I've, I've seen, like, after doing a little bit of research, just similarities between both of them. So that's one of them, like, they wasn't even in the same location. Like, Woodstock was apparently in, it was in a dairy farm. Yeah, it was, what happened was, is that the people that came up with the idea of mm -hmm. Woodstock, getting all these artists and everything together, they wanted to do it in actual Woodstock, yeah. mm -hmm. but they couldn't, from what I understand, they never got the legal permit behind Jeez. it. Um, so what ended up happening was, is they kind of went around town asking for, asking to borrow land. And one guy was like, yeah, sure, I'll let you borrow it. You just got to, I think they had, to, they had to pay him a certain amount or something. But they did it. So the, the, then they could do Woodstock. Mm -hmm. And then they got all the artists out. That's there was a movie that was released about it. We're going to get to that soon. I'm oh, happy okay, cool. you mentioned that. I'm <laughs> happy you mentioned that. Okay, so I wasn't aware of Woodstock. Again, like, it's not in my generation, but I have heard of it. And it's really iconic. Mm -hmm. But... Because it really was, like, the first mm -hmm. music festival. No, it's true. They didn't even have merch or anything. Nope. They didn't have to, like, they didn't sell t-shirts or anything, stickers, like we all do now, and it's just, we go crazy over merch. What people Absolutely now, crazy. like, are basically, like, kind of sorting after is um, the people who work there, like, their jerseys, the windbreakers, that people work who work there, like, the festival. 
those are honestly like being sold right now which i thought was kind of crazy but yeah they just had one huge poster and that was basically it it was they, just yeah, word of mouth it was it was mm -hmm. ex explicitly word of mouth mm -hmm. i mean because there really wasn't any other mm -hmm. communication back then since getting like out in the newspaper and maybe get your hands in a magazine or something exactly. but the amount of effort and time that you would have to put into that is ridiculous again you said like average planning festivals takes about a year they didn't Woodstock didn't get planned in a year mm -hmm. but if you compare if you're going to go back to compare it to fire there's really no comparison because Woodstock actually did what it set out to do that is true that is true the only thing that like I wasn't aware of Woodstock that surprised me the most was that there were three deaths that actually occurred during Woodstock uh, and it's still like and it's it's pretty tragic yeah. Three people died, and... There were three deaths. Two overdoses, and then someone was ran over by a, a tractor and a yeah. sleep. It just... Um, and it's still known. Like, the publicity, it's still known. Yeah, I mean, it's well... It's great. Yeah, it's definitely... I mean, you could look at any major festival. There's going to be some major injury and or a death. Do they do their best to plan to make sure that doesn't happen? Absolutely. But when you look at, like bringing drugs into anything, there's always a chance of an overdose. Exactly. The opposite side of what you just mentioned, though, is that there was also two births at Woodstock. Those weren't confirmed. Yeah. We're, we're still, like, I did some research on them, and they were, like, they're still kind of, like, weary of that, but the main thing is that, like, Woodstock is still known, like, in my opinion, to, like, be such a great festival, and over here on the other side, like, today, like, Fire Festival, again, like, another music festival, it didn't even happen. It didn't even happen, and you also have to remember that, like, everyone who they invited and kind of sought after to, like, advertise were, like, mm -hmm. bloggers, influencers, too. So that's their own, that's their own, uh, mm -hmm. that's the thing is, word of mouth advertising is free. Yeah. You get other people to do it, then it's not that big of a deal, because mm -hmm. then you, I mean, some of them obviously they had to pay, but most yes. of them they didn't, mm -hmm. if you really look into that's it. That's true. It's the thing with word of mouth. If it's good, it's good. If it's bad, it's bad. But it's still word of mouth and it still gets around. It doesn't I matter who hears it. Mm -hmm. I just think it's crazy because also um, another part of it is that uh, Fire Festival has two whole documentaries from Netflix and Hulu basically out from it. Yeah. Just free advertisement. Free advertisement. And then it's all negative because there, there were people brought to light all the, the tragic and faults of it. Right. On the other hand, there is like a four-hour film of Woodstock, and it's called the best documentary in Oscar. Yeah. In nineteen seventies, mm -hmm. and it's like two, pe three people died, which is just like it goes above me. Like I do understand that there's like some faults that can happen, but like people died. And then the other one is just a scam. Like fire festival is really just yeah. a scam. Well, the thing you gotta think about. The main thing I think you really got to think about with this is it's not a money thing, it's a generational thing. It's because our generation, we post everything mm -hmm. we ever do on social media. Back then, I mean, A, social media wasn't even around. They took pictures, they took self-video, they took videos on a camcorder, which today is what we all think is obviously technology. But that's what they did. They also didn't really sue for like wrongful deaths or that kind of stuff it Woodstock wasn't organized so that people needed to do to fill out like waivers or anything like if you go to 
a festival now, you're gonna fill out a waiver. Even if you don't look at the waiver, you still have to sign the user agreements and everything. Mm -hmm. And yes. under those user agreements says, it's, it's gonna say at least once, no matter what happens, you cannot sue us. You cannot sue us for wrongful death mm -hmm. or dismemberment or any of that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. They didn't have any of those back then. And there was no way they were gonna be able to get every one of those people to sign that waiver because they couldn't. There was no dispersion method. Back now we have a dispersion method. Email, Facebook, you name it, it's there. They didn't care about it. Suing only really got popular in the late 80s, early 90s, and it continued to grow. But since there was an audience at Woodstock of 400,000 people, like definitely mm -hmm. over, like no one talks about the long lines of traffic, that people were stuck in for cars. And I think, again, it just goes back to the word of mouth, like you, you just said, like, yeah. good is good, bad is bad. Like, Well, I mean, and again, kind of going back to the generational thing, is mm -hmm. we get upset if we wait in line five minutes for a coffee yeah, we order. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Whereas, because we have other things we have to do. They had things they had to do. My mom went to Ozfest, and she stayed in line for a day and a half to get, into the, to get into the concert, and then she was there for three days. We get upset if we have to wait. And then what do we do afterwards? We tweet about it, or like... And then we complain mm -hmm. about it. That's the thing. We do a live stream about it immediately, immediately. Make a whole YouTube video. I mean, some people even, like, will pay people to yeah. hold their spot. Yeah. It's a thing. I've seen people do it. Different concerts I've been to, I've seen people do it. Part of it is, is we just don't want to wait in those lines. The surprising thing is, after even all that backlash, that Fire Festival got from documentaries and everything, yep. like... Ja Rule, the duo in this situation with Billy, mm -hmm. um, he wants to propose a 2.0 fire festival. What do you yeah. think about that? What do you think about that? It's a wonderful marketing tactic. It's mm -hmm. smart. Um, because here's the thing is, is you've, at this point, you've seen what fire festival could be at its worst. They plan it out and actually do it right, give it at least a year to plan out. Mm -hmm. Now the hype's gonna die down a little bit, absolutely, and there's gonna be negative, con negative responses to everything that ever happens, but people are still gonna wanna go. I agree with you, I agree. It doesn't matter how many negative responses or how much, how much slander something gets or how many legal battles something gets into, people are still gonna wanna do it, look at it, take part in it. It doesn't matter. I mean, you could compare it to like SeaWorld and like the investigations that it's had over mm -hmm. the course of, I don't know how many years, about yeah. the animals that it holds. People still go to SeaWorld. It's just kind of what it is. Well, thank you, Austin, for doing this podcast with me. And Absolutely. talking about scams. I think this is a great place to end. And we'll leave that question to everyone else listening to the podcast. Cool. Sounds good.